a brand new Mountain Dew. eBay seems to be trolling Amazon. A recap on my recent trip to Portland. Shenmue 3 refunds. An Overwatch cookbook, you know, for dad. <laughs> an Easter egg recently found in the original Half-Life. Asus introduces a dual monitor laptop, and I'm going to let you hear a song off of a brand new album from a band that I had the privilege to produce for the last seven months called The Color Blush. All of that and so much more coming up on episode 17 of Heine House Live. Ladies and gentlemen, hello. Welcome to the show. Hope you're doing well. Let's jump right into this. Welcome to Heine House Live, a podcast about the exciting and ever-changing world of gaming, gaming and technology. Heine House Live is available on iTunes, <laughs> yes. Spotify, yes. Stitcher, or wherever else you, you listen, listen to podcasts. podcasts. For all other info, yeah. including links to our community Discord, live video feed, episode archive, and a whole host the boy? of other great entertainment, uh, please visit HeineHouse.com. You're damn right you visit HeineHouse.com. You already know. Come on, sing with me. If I haven't lost you yet. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. How are you doing? Welcome back to Heine House Live. I'm your hostess with the mostest, the heiniest of all houses, Jay Hine, hanging out with you. Thanks for being here. I hope you're having a fantastic start to your July, and I hope you had a really fun and safe fourth. I want to make a joke about it. By saying, like, I hope you didn't blow off your hand or blow off your fingers doing dumb shit. Sad reality is that it happens. There's probably thousands of cases where that has happened this year. And part of me wants to, like, make a joke. But then I realize that it's really happening. And so that's kind of sad. So I stopped dead in my track. So, uh, yeah, I just hope that you made it out and uh, had, a stay, had a safe holiday for us here in the States. Just terrible, just terrible. Oh, I used to have terrible soundboard on here somewhere. I got Tim Allen, though. He's always hanging out with us. Um, of course, um, this is a podcast where I talk about retro modern gaming, talk about technology. We just hang out. It's like a casual conversation with your best friend. We just hang out. And whatever happens, happens. Sometimes I go off the rails and go off on a tangent. But that's why you tune in, because you listen to some of my crazy bullshit. And it's kind of fun. And I just like doing it. So I'm here hanging out with you guys. Um... I want to try to make a mention of this, too, because, you know, we have a live feed on the YouTube and, of course, it's audio form and all of the podcasting platforms. But on YouTube, they introduced some new I think it's it's the ability to for me as a creator to see if you've uh, who watches the channel has the notifications turned on or off. And it kind of gives me a little bit deeper um, analytics, I guess. They're trying to make that better. So, because everyone always says that, and it drives me nuts when, like, smash that subscribe button and make sure to hit the ding-a-ling. And they tell you to, to remind your viewers this. They tell you, YouTube has said that. And that's, to be honest, that's why you see a huge flood of that happening in the last couple of years, is because YouTube, Google sent out messages to creators saying, you need to remind everyone to do that, to tell them to subscribe, tell them to hit that. Because why? Because they fucked up the algorithm and you don't ever see the shit you want to see. So if you want to see what you want to see, you literally have to turn on notifications and turn on uh, the bell. Did I just fucking lag out there? What was that? See that it's already it's already fapping. It's fapping, um, so that when something gets posted, you get an actual push notification for that. So uh, as much as I hate to say it, I need to 
this is the longest winded explanation you're going to get uh, on this. But so I'm, so I'm telling people, if you're on YouTube, obviously subscribe. Yes, of course. Everyone knows that. But turn on notifications so that you see when I post Heine House Live episodes. You know, usually Sunday and Monday is usually when it goes out. So anyway, you guys know the drill. Hey, guess what? The show completely funded and supported by these lovely people on Patreon. We got all kinds of fun stuff going on Patreon this month specifically. Round of applause, though. Let's go. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I keep. Do I don't know why I, I keep doing that recently. I've just like been running around. I'll be like, yeah. And uh, everyone uh, hates it. So I want to keep doing it. Mom thinks I'm Batman. She's like, oh, is that Batman? I'm like, yeah, it's Batman. Where's the boy? Where the fuck's the boy? Where is it? Anyway, hey, the show, completely supported by all these lovely people you see on your screen. And also, I'd like to welcome new patron this month, Mr. D-Pud. Hey, D-Pud, thank you. Thank you. Thank you, D-Pud. One, two, three, four, fifth row down on the right, bro. I fit you in there. Made it look all nice and, you know, sort of lined up. But looking good, looking good. Thank you for your support. Of course, patreon.com slash Jason Heine. If you join the party pack tier, which gives you, you know, access to a lot of cool stuff, including mostly including my music. If you join the party pack tier in the month of July, 2019, you have your choice of getting and for free. One of my physical copies of one of my albums back here. I have them on display. They'll be on display the whole month of July. You can get the mixtape. You can get any of these CDs. You know, just uh, let, send, send me a message on Patreon and let me know which one you'd like, and I will be happy to ship it over there to you. Okay? All of that. Just to show that I appreciate you so much. Uh, man, episode 17. We are, we are getting, we're almost to 20. How are you guys feeling? You all right? I know you're feeling good. We're all feeling good. Um, so we've got some random news. We're going to talk about some random stuff that's been happening followed by some gaming news and some tech news. And then we'll follow it up with our Discord community event, which was hashtag fireworks. And we have a lot of great photos and submissions there. So thanks for everyone for submitting photos. You all can take part in Discord and join in. It's a lot of fun. We have, a, we have another really fun one this week. And I'm excited to see where your minds, your creative, amazing minds go this year or this week. <laughs> it's the yearly long event for this week's event. Uh, spoiler alert, hashtag, it's gamer grub. We're going to be talking about food. Always comes back to food, doesn't it? Sure does. Spoiler alert. Okay, speaking of food, though, and I, I always feel like we always have some sort of Taco Bell news. It's almost like a running theme. I'm not making this shit up, okay? They just happen to be in the news, man. They're, they're doing things. If it's not a fucking Taco Bell hotel, it's something else. And we have actually two Taco Bell articles in, in the show today. Taco Bell is all over the place. Evidently, supposedly, there is a shortage on the 10-inch flour tortillas from Taco Bell's supplier. Taco Bell is not specifying which stores or how many stores are affected, uh, but they are having a shortage. Wow. So uh, if you want a burrito or a quasadilla, you're going to just take a back seat, bruh. <laughs> you, you are out. Um, a Reddit user claims that an employee at his Taco Bell said they won't be getting any tortillas until the end of July. It's all speculation, of course. Uh, 
Uh, a spokesperson from Taco Bell did say, while some Taco Bell restaurants are experiencing supplier shortages, we are working diligently to replenish the supply of our tortillas. Of course. Well, good on you. You know what that means? Order a goddamn chalupa. Bruh. Come on. It's all about the chalupas. You know that. I know they're a little more expensive, but they're worth it. Bruh, bruh, bruh. Aren't they? Yes, they are. When I walk in there and I order 20, they're like, stop it. Get some help. Get, get, get some help. Uh, so we've, we we did hear about, hear about that earlier this week. I think that's funny. The whole world is in shambles. We don't know what to do. Um, evidently, eBay seems to be trolling Amazon. And hey, it's been a long time. Okay. I have a long history with eBay. I, in fact, I wish I, I should have brought it out. I always say this. I always am never prepared to, sh uh, to show off the stuff, but I've been honored as an eBay power seller, as an individual, you know, back in the day in the early and mid 2000s. In fact, I ran pretty much ran an eBay business out of my house, out of my basement in the early days. And I sold everything from BMX bikes to cars, video games, obviously, to toys, to antiques, to longer burger baskets. Holy shit. I know what a longer burger basket is. Yeah, I really do. You know why? Because they're fucking expensive and high end. And those things fetch a high premium. Been there. So there was a time. There was a time. And people would come to me in the neighborhood or just like local friends of friends. They'd be like, hey, now you got to remember too, this is back in the day when there were um, eBay stores, which I may not want to admit. I did work at one for a little bit before they went out of business, of course. <laughs> That's not really a sustainable business as a storefront, but uh, individually you can, you could, you could have done pretty well. Um, anyway, I had friends and friends come to friends of friends come to me and be like, Hey, would you sell this? Or then I started garage sale hopping and then this and that. And it just kind of be kind of steamrolled into all of a sudden I had a business. I was making some good money doing that. Crazy. You can't do that now. Really. It's almost impossible because it's such a buyer's market on eBay. Anyway, you don't know fuck eBay. I don't even want to, I don't want to talk too much about it's garbage. Just be careful on eBay. You have to be very, very careful. But anyway, evidently this is really funny that they are, they're ballsy enough to do this. To the almighty Amazon, which I feel like Amazon is, is crushing. I feel, I mean, I, I want to believe it, I guess. I, I'm telling myself that. I don't know. I don't have hard facts, but I want to believe that Amazon is crushing eBay because eBay used to be king. eBay is calling, they're having a sale and they're calling it the crash sale. Yes, a crash sale. It's going to run from July 15th, so this week, overlapping with the first day of Amazon's now 48-hour Prime Day that's coming up. So the reason why they're doing this is because Amazon, their site crashed for over an hour at the beginning of 2018 on Prime Day. And error messages appeared everywhere. People couldn't log in. People couldn't load the page. They had a big issue because obviously millions of people are hitting their site, boom, at the same time. And that, that can crash sites, definitely. Uh, so eBay's biggest troll announcement and they announced, quote, a fresh batch of too-good-to-be-true deals that will drop if Amazon crashes. Meaning, eBay sale will roll out additional deals if and only if Amazon site crashes. So they're saying, if Amazon site crashes again, we will be rolling out deals. Wow. That's pretty ballsy. And also, I think it's pretty pathetic that they can't... Uh, do their own thing and have luck with it. Listen, listen, 
if you got an eBay business and you're doing well, good for you that you've been able to figure out how to sustain that. I could do an episode on, you know what? I should do an episode on eBay. I really should. I should talk about my eBay history and, and how it started for me, you know, in the late nineties. And then really the year 2000 is really when I started going hog wild. I should do an episode and maybe talk about it. I think we all have some sort of history and some sort of relationship with eBay. And maybe, maybe we'll do that. I won't get into it here, but yeah, man. I mean, I was invited to their fucking closed door, private, white tablecloth event, wine and dine, dude. I was invited when I was in Portland. Oh, yeah, dude. I went out and bought, bought a fucking tuxedo for the event. Oh, bro. I was talking to all kinds of people in there. I was the youngest guy in there. We could talk stories. It was crazy. Anyway, so they're, they're fucking trying to troll Amazon. Get out of here with that shit, bro. Get some help. Get, get, get some help. Um, so recently, I got back last night. I had a spur-of-the-moment trip. Uh, I went to Portland. Went home for a few days just to say hi. Absolutely no agenda. Just wanted to make the round, say hi to the family, see everyone. And uh, it was just a great time. Honestly, if you can do spur-of-the-moment things, if you can take a moment and just smell the air and do something... Um, if you're lucky enough to, you should do it because again, I talked about this with everyone that I, I met out there. I met some, some friends, some family and life is so short. It really is. And if you, you just, if you think about someone, let them know if you're talking and, and thinking about, you know, moments in time, like these are so special. Everything's so, so special. And you just, it feels good, right? It just, it feels good. Like, I obviously had this like moment, you know, I was there and I took one, one basically afternoon. I took my, my, my dad's car and we, I just went out and I was driving around. I went out to all my old stomping grounds, just cruising around, smelling the fresh air, smelling the trees, smelling the nature. It was, it was, it's summertime there, which is great. Everything's very green and lush and it was overcast, which is kind of uncommon for summer. Usually it's blue sky and pretty nice in the Northwest. And, um, it just, it was great, man. It was a really great time. It was good to reflect um, and think about things because I'll tell you what, cause this is exactly what's going to happen, bro. You're going to, you're going to go out and you're going to have a moment. It's going to be great. And then you're going to come home and you're going to get kicked square in the fucking nuts every day. That's just the way it is. That is just the way it is. So remember that and try to do your best and let people know. You know, when you're thinking of them and stuff like that. I don't know. Just ha I had a moment of reflection. It was really, really great. And I think we all need to have more moments of that because we get really wound up. I'm just kind of like, so just to be honest, I'm kind of on edge today. I almost called the show off. I didn't want to do it today because I was getting pissed. I had a great trip. Everything's great. I come home and I get a fucking call from another, another, I don't even know who it was, which one. It was one of them that did like the EKG on my head. They want like two grand for me. And, you know, I can't, I can't pay that shit, you know, so. You know, I'm trying to tell them my story. They don't give a fuck. They just want their money. And so it's just, it's tough. You know, it's tough. You just get, every day you wake up, you're going to get kicked square in the nuts. You just have to figure out how to either dodge that or deal with that. And that's what we do, you know, every day. So like, I'm trying not to let it affect the moments. I'm trying not to let it affect this. Like, it's just, it's really, really got to me and just the way it is, you know? So it's all good. I took a break. I walked around. I cut a peach up, you know? I took a piss. I just got a drink. I just relaxed. I'm just breathing. I'm just walking around. So we're here. This is, makes me happy. This is my happy, happy place. But you guys know this is 
This is vloggy too. We talk about stuff. Ultimately, we're all in the same boat. We're just in different boats, but it's the same fucking water. So anyway, my trip was awesome. My trip was great. I really enjoyed it. It was good to visit home. Home is always home. Shout out to my homie, Cody. My good friend, Cody, hooked me up with a buddy pass to get there very, very cheap. And I appreciate that, Cody. You're a good man. I've known you a long time. Cody's a good guy. When I first moved down here in 2010, he hit me up. He was listening to the All Gen Gamers, of course, and was like, hey, we need to hook up and go to Bookman's. So we went to Bookman's. I met him. He gave me a stack of uh, 2,600 games and also gave me a LodgeNet GameCube controller, which I still have. Excuse me. <clears throat> what a great guy. Super great guy. We've stayed uh, connected all the way. Nine years, man. Crazy. Time really flies. But anyway, saw the family. Had a family barbecue. Was playing croquet in the backyard. You can probably tell a little bit. Yeah, I got a little sun. It was overcast, and I didn't really anticipate getting sun. Funny. Funny, right? As I was, as I was getting on the flight to come home, the, the flight attendants were like, wow, it looks like you got a little sun. I'm like, it's funny. You know, I live in the damn desert where it's sunny all the time. I can get burned anytime I go outside, but I go to Portland and get fucking sunburned. Go figure. So funny. But I got, got some sun, had some great time. We had chicken and burgers. It was absolutely fantastic. Uh, met up with the homie Chad, Mr. Panda Squad. Good to see you, Chad. I haven't seen him for at least three or four years, I think. It's been a long time. Uh, usually catch up with him. Portland Retro Gaming. It was good to see him. Um, he hooked me up with his modded Wii. He gave me that, which is great. We've been talking about it for, I don't know, about three years. Uh, so he wanted to give me that, which is great. It has some of the emulators in there. Also, I'm excited because I'll be able to put my discs in the computer, rip the GameCube and Wii games, and then put that on the hard drive. So that hopefully it can have like a complete, well, at least complete to what I have, a uh, collection of games, which is a lot of fun. Play those without the discs. That would be really, really nice and convenient. So thank you, Chad. Much love and respect to you. Hung out with the homie Justin. Justice, of course. We had such a great time. We had some good pad Thai. Mm, some Eson represent Northwest, of course. Uh, it was so good. Good chat. Good times. And then, uh, you know, went to uh, uh, um, Ground Control. In the Northwest. Now, a lot of people know about Ground Control. We've been there for, for very, very... It's been there for a very long time. But last year, they did a remodel and an expansion. So they added a new building that's connected by a, a hallway, a walkway in the middle. And boy, is it fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. And it was really cool to see. And I'm glad that I went in there. We, we spent about an hour. It's all we had uh, time-wise. But worth every moment. So thank you again, everyone. Uh, we're planning, Steph and I are planning to make a return in October for Portland Retro 2019. We really want to, so we're kind of like uh, putting that on the calendar and uh, making that work, you know? So hopefully we can hang out and stay for longer and maybe do some sort of event or something. I just want to come and hang out and just be kind of an attendee this year. Uh, maybe, maybe next year I'll do a panel or something, but for this year, I'm going to be just hanging out as an attendee, being a normal joe blow out there so the trip was great hey here's some other news so kfc's so i talked about a brand new mountain dew what the f is going on with this kfc and mountain dew have finally partnered up what uh, what is that what, what? they have partnered up to specifically and specially design a <laughs> a colonel's chicken edition of Mountain Dew. Now, we all know the Baja Blast, the almighty Taco Bell, Baja Beast, the favorite 
The Baha, the Bajja, the Baha Blast, the Blast of Baha. The Nectar of the Baha, the Mountain Juice. The Baha Bon- what? Baha Bonkers? Bahonkers, thanks Steph. How can you top that? How can you top that one? Well, KFC and Pepsi are partnering up and they came out with a Mountain Dew called Sweet Lightning. Yes, Sweet Lightning. It is billed as, quote, the first exclusive beverage to be offered at KFC and only second to the almighty Baja Beast. KFC says that they, quote, with a punch of peach and a touch of honey, it is a crisp and sweet component and goes great with the deep fried batter of their chicken. So they designed it specifically to go with KFC's 11 ingredient chicken recipe, which six of those ingredients is dog shit. I'm sorry, did I say that out loud? Um, with the addition of Sweet Lightning, we now have a drink that is as unique as KFC's and the Colonel's secret blend of 11 herbs and spices. It was co-developed by uh, KFC, mostly the KFC team. So Pepsi kind of gave them the, said, hey, go for it. You know, figure out something, do something, and we'll, we'll put it together. So it was mostly designed by the KFC team. So they came up with that, peach and a touch of honey. Um, spoiler alert, newsflash, um, the verdict is in. No, the verdict is not in. But the homie, Narkill, Mr. Nargrill, I got a picture of it here. I'll pop up for you so you can see. The homie Nargrill. Uh, sent me a message in Discord today and was like, yep, I tried it. It's garbage. <laughs> yep, he tried it. It's shit. So, honestly, I want to try it. And we do have a KFC maybe about 10 minutes from us, 15 minutes from us. Ah, So, I'm going to give it a whirl. I mean, you got to try it. I mean, do you remember the first time you had Baja Blast? You're like, oh my God, it just changed everything. So there's that. KFC, what are you doing? KFC's also been in the news a week before. Well, maybe it was longer than that, but I heard it almost only a couple weeks ago. They had a new sandwich out called the, surprisingly enough and original enough, the Cheetos Sandwich. Can you guess what that is? Bruh. It is a sandwich with crispy chicken on it and Cheetos. There's a picture of it there on the video feed. Um, I want to go on record and say Cheetos is probably one of my number one favorite, one of my favorite snacks, if we consider it a chip, right? Is it a chip? I guess. I mean, I love the Ruffles, Cheddar, and Sour Cream, yes, but I love Cheetos. They're fucking addicting. All I'm saying is, bro, don't fuck with the Cheetos. All right? Don't fuck with them. I can't imagine that being tasty. I don't know. It looks like it has mayo on it, too, in the bottom. What is that? What is that? You see it? What is that? L. L. <laughs> I don't know about that, dude. Doesn't look good. Doesn't look good, but... It almost looks like the chicken has some sort of like cheese or sauce. See that? It's like, it's like, well, you know, this is a fake sandwich that's been painted and put together like, you know, 
they dress it up for the picture, but it just doesn't look that appetizing to me. Um, not sure that I'd be down to try that, to be honest. I don't know. But the uh, the Baja, the new Mountain uh, Mountain Dew, I'd be down for that. Um, yeah, pretty good. Okay, so hey, to follow up and to uh, to move on before we go into this week in gaming history, everyone loves week in gaming history. I want to talk about just real quick. I went game hunting for maybe a couple hours. In fact, Big Nell, my dad brought it up. I was like, hey, Jace, there's a place just down the road. It's called Video Game Wizards and. He was reading about it on the news how they're having to get evicted. They're getting evicted because 7-Eleven that they're next to is forcing them out. They're taking their space. They're forced to move to another place. They've been there since like 94, 95. They've been there a long time. I remember going to Video Game Wizards when I was a kid and I wasn't old enough to have an account. My dad had to set up an account and get the little card and everything. So it's a family business. They've been around forever. They're a staple. So I always like to support them and go out there. And so he was reading about that on the news saying like, they're getting kicked out and we should go check them out. And I'm like, oh yeah, I know all about them. They're fantastic. Fuck it. Let's go. So we went and uh, my brother CJ and I, we went in and we were just doing a little game hopping. I, I posted a few pictures on social media, you know, at Heine House plug there. If you are not following me on social media, go check that out. I did a little Instagram, a little twatter, a little face busy. You can see those pictures, but uh, picked up a few games. I want to show them off right here live. And uh, also talk about them. So found this game here. I don't know how to pronounce it. If it's, I, I want to. When I first saw it, I'm like gnome. Is it gnome cube? G e o m, or geome? It's <laughs> a geome cube. Gnome cube. I have no idea. But this looks cool because why? Well, we've been going ham on Tetris. So I started looking at this, and it appears to be a top-down Tetris. So, and then on the back it says here, um, it's a, a puzzle game. You flip, flop, and drop blocks in your customized three-dimensional playing field. Duel with a friend head-to-head -head, or take on the computer-controlled challenges. Claim the title of Geome Master, of Gnome Master. So it's really cool. It's like, yeah, it's like a top-down fucking Tetris, bro. Oh, this looks good. This looks really good. So that's PS1. How about that? Pretty good. Stephanie's been looking for Family Game Night 3 on Wii because it has Clue and a bunch of other games. But for some reason, that game is like 20 bucks everywhere we go or more. Like what? Come on. Do these casual like Family Game Night Wii games? I know that's probably why because they're like family oriented, but... Man, it's hard to find. So anyway, I was looking for that. CJ and I went through an entire stack, multiple stacks of Wii games. I asked the dude, I'm like, hey, do you have Family Game Night 3? Totally random, by the way. What a fucking game to ask for, right? He's, he's uh, literally, he sat there and looked at me and then slowly turned around to the fucking stack of like 4,000 Wii games that are back there behind him. And before he even said anything, I go, can I, can I search? Can I like dig through that? Would you allow me to dig through that? And he goes, knock yourself out <laughs> because have at it man you know it's just him by himself in there he's trying to help customers i get it you know i've worked retail i know it's shitty so i know he was in there like i don't want to fucking dig through that to look for this dumbass game for this guy i understand so luckily he let me dig through it so cj and i went over there just started terrorizing just looking crazy enough i only found the second one family game night 2 not the not the third one but so still on the lookout if you guys find that one out there let us know 
we're interested. But I did find three Wii games I'd like to show you guys. I picked this one up because it looked like a light gun shooter, and we are huge light gun shooter fans on the Wii. I think it's actually one of the best console, if not the best console to play light gun games on, even still today, because of the Wii Remote and how it works. This is Wicked Monsters Blast, as you can see here. Very cool. And on the back of it, it appears a Bottle Blast, a Number Lesson, Craft Rex, Desert Striker, Don't Feed the Hippos. This all sounds really funny and corny, but the pictures show different. I see pictures of like, you know, I see an aimer on there and I see like targets and things. So this could be really, really cool, in fact. So I picked that up, totally impulse bought, have no idea if it is a light gun shooter or not. It only uses the Wii Remote, so I'm assuming that it does. You know Big J, he needs to get his shovel where? You know he does. And when it's developed by Destineer, anyone who collects for Wii will know a sign of quality is not Destineer. <laughs> Let's just bring this up real slow for the video feed. Bum, 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 bum. Oh, what is it? Oh, oh, yep. Harley Davidson road trip. Bro, are you ready? Stop, stop it. Get some, get, get, get some help. Get some help indeed. Oh my, I cannot wait to play this shitty ass game. It says, conquer the open road in an adventure that puts you in control of your very own Harley Davidson motorcycle. Cross country adventure, the open road, the real feel. Make it personal. Ride coast to coast for HOG. It's a, a registered trademark name, by the way. H-O-G, HOG, all caps. Magazine, HOG Magazine. Is that a real magazine? It must be. I don't know, I'm not into Harley, so I don't read that shit. Taking on over 18 assignments across three regions of the United States in five game modes. Find your way, find your own route in free ride or in time trial modes. Twist the, re <laughs> twist the Wii Remote to feel the power. Tilt the Wii Remote to lean into the curves. Oh no, it uses motion control. Oh, I'm doubly fucked now. Doubly fucked. Let me know if you would like to see a stream of this because I still have the Mary Kay and Ashley game on GameCube sitting up there waiting to be streamed. I haven't forgot about your votes. It's coming. My stream will be fucked. When I return to doing that, that is going to be terrible. I bet you no one will watch because it's going to be so fucking bad. And then last but not least, because I couldn't find Stephanie's game, I always like to buy her something. And I so I, I was looking around and I found something that caught my eye and I never heard of it before, but I decided to just pick it up, spur the moment, impulse buy, and bring to her. Chaotic Shadow Warriors. Trading card game. Trading card inside? Unfortunately, trading card isn't in there. Bob, she's in the kitchen. You see, do you see little Bob? Oh, nope. He ran over here looking for her. She's in the kitchen, bud. There she goes. There he goes. All right. Um, Shadow Warrior, Chaotic Shadow Warrior. This looks like, now, I'm a very nubbish eye for this. But when I saw this and I saw the little card down here, I was like, that looks like a Magic the Gathering card. So I figured it's a mix between... 
Magic the Gathering. And then as I first looked at this, I thought it looked a little like World of Warcraft, like on the back. Like, look at this. A more like cartoony, colorful WoW, possibly. So I thought, hey, maybe it's like a little, maybe it's like an RPG mixed with card game. I thought it, I thought it'd be cool. Maybe, she, you know, maybe she'd like that. She, she likes games like that. It'd be cool. So I don't know. We'll try. 40 unique playable characters engage in intense multiplayer strategy. Um, yeah, I don't know. It says basic reading ability is needed to fully enjoy the game. So what they're saying is if you're two, you can't play it. Really? You gotta have to, you gotta read. So should be fun. I don't know. We'll try. So some impulse buy. Uh, basically it's all about that, that Harley Davidson shovelware. <laughs> Uh, no, I'm excited for that Tetris game, too. That should be fun. We'll try that out. And last but not least, it's crazy that we've come to this point um, in gaming where the Wii is almost considered, like, retro? You know? I don't know. It doesn't feel like that to me. And I don't know if I'd classify it as retro. But we're at a point now to where HDMI has pretty much taken over the whole world. Um, the Wii was not HDMI. It was uh, just before it. So people are having issues connecting it to a TV. Uh, my brother included. He wrote me and he was like, hey, I want to get this Wii hooked up in my bedroom, but um, my TV doesn't have inputs for that. Which oddly enough, what the fucking TV did he have? His TV had yellow analog video inputs, but it didn't have component. And then it had HDMI. That's fucking crazy. So yeah, man. So they're getting rid of even that. Oh, it's so weird. Now that I think about it. Anyway, it's very simple to connect the Wii to an HDMI TV. You just have to buy an adapter. Um, now you can use other cables. You can use S video cables too, but S video in today's world is much less common to find. Older TVs will have S video. And I suggest if that's the best option that you have, go with that. Um, but if you need something down and dirty, quick and easy, just go to Amazon and buy a $10 adapter that looks like this. It's Wii to HDMI converter. That's all it is, all right? Got a couple of these. I, In fact, when my brother wrote or uh, texted me and was like, I need to figure out how to connect this to my TV. I knew it was just this. I sent him the link to it on Amazon. I knew he, w he wasn't gonna buy it. So I just brought one from home with me on the trip. And when I got there, I plugged it in. I just gave it to him like, bro, you know you need this. So as I'm standing there, I just order myself another one so that it's replenished. And I was able to get this one in black, which kind of looks cool. But this is it here. It just plugs into the back of your Wii. Boom. And then has output HDMI. It goes right to your TV. Also has an eighth inch headphone jack if you want to run separate audio out. Like if you're going to run it to an amplifier or powered speakers or something like that. So very cool. Now, remember, this doesn't upscale anything okay it's not an upscaler this is ten dollars all it does is convert to a digital signal and then sends that converted digital signal out hdmi audio and video both come out of hdmi by the way and go to the tv now highest resolution of the wii is 480p widescreen so you have to make sure if you're going to use this just go into your wii settings into your tv resolution and make sure to set it on 480p and to select widescreen to get the full benefit of this, okay? And then it just basically, it, it puts it in there. It, it says 1080p. Yeah, it's it's not 1080p. It just says that. Marketing. 
But uh, yeah, it does not upscale anything. But it's a great way just to convert it and to take advantage. It's basically as if it takes the component uh, signal and converts that to HDMI. That's all it is. So anyway, a great cheap alternative. It's not going to be amazing. You're not going to get great video output of the, on the Wii. It's just, it wasn't, it wasn't really a console for that. <laughs> uh, but it looks good as it is. I think it looks great. So anyway, that was a quick little recap of some of the stuff I found in a little PSA about the Wii to HDMI. I think they're great little adapters and they're cheap. They're worth it. Even if they break, fuck it. You're only out 10 bucks. You just get another one, bruh. All right, now it's time for this week in gaming history. Yes, everyone's favorite. And I'm excited because this week is my birthday week. So I'm excited to see what was released on my birthday in history, in our gaming history. My birthday is the 13th. So let's work our way through. We're going to start with July 8th. 1994, Tetris 2 on Super Nintendo in Japan, the Super Famicom. Tetris 2. Tetris is everywhere. It is everywhere. In 2010, Wii Party in Japan was released for the Wii, obviously. And that's all she wrote on that day. Slim chickens. <laughs> we got slim peggins here, folks. July 9th. Here's a better day. 1996, SimCity 2000 on PlayStation 1 was released. Mm -hmm. I remember playing that for the first time on Super Nintendo, actually. Quite a few years ago, but uh, yeah, SimCity 2000. 2001, Gran Turismo A-Spec on PS2. One of the greatest Gran Turismos to ever grace our console. Um, I think I reported on this earlier, but that was in Japan. So this is the U.S. and uh, outside of Japan release. 2001. What a great year. 2003. Star Wars Galaxies and Empire divided. The Empire is divided. What are they divided against? I'm trying to figure out if they're going to order the Cheeto sandwich or the Peach Dew. Lol. Stop it. Get some help. Stop it. Get some help. 2012, DayZ on PC. Wow. Remember DayZ? Holy shit, that pretty much exploded the gaming world when that was released. The whole, the whole open world, pretty much kind of Battle Royale style was sort of birthed around that. DayZ, yep. A lot of mods came after that too. Uh, anyway, the next year, 2013, the very popular Dota 2 on PC was released. Wow. 2013. Oh, it just feels like yesterday. This is the good one I put on here. Metal Gear Legacy Collection on PS3. Oh, I forgot to put the year. Oh, shit. I fucked up. Uh, thanks, Dev. I was so excited about it. I went and even grabbed a screen. I, I, gra I got a screen grab of all the games. If you're going to pick this up, Metal Gear Legacy Collection. Well, PlayStation 3, so sometime mid-2000s, I'm going to assume. Or late 2000s. Um, the original... So, last week I reported about Metal Gear on the MSX, remember? Well, let's say you may want to play that version. You can. Metal Gear. In the 1987 version, MSX 2. Metal Gear 2 Solid Snake, MSX 2 version. Metal Gear Solid, PlayStation. Metal Gear Solid VR Missions, PlayStation. Metal Gear Solid 2, 
um, Sons of Liberty, PS2, Metal Gear Solid 3, Snake Eater, yum, PS2, Metal Gear Solid 4, Guns of the Patriots, PS3, and Metal Gear Solid Peace Walker on PSP. Yes, all of those games are in this collection. Holy shit. That's a game we need to put on our radar, Steph. That's pretty cool. Because I don't think I really even... I think I own, like, maybe... Mm, yeah, you own one on PS1, and I do too. I think just the original. Yeah, that's it. So we got to get into that. But very cool. What a collection. Moving on to the next day, July 10th, 2008, Resident Evil Archives, Resident Evil Zero on Wii in Japan. And in 2012, NCAA Football 13 on PS3 and 360. Hey, it's a fucking slim pickings day, all right? Bakers can't be choosers. That's all she wrote for that day. <laughs> 20, uh, July 11th. Here we go. July 11th. Move on to the next day. 1993. Street Fighter 2 Turbo on Super Nintendo in Japan. Man, it took me a long time to get used of the speed on that game. It was so fast. The Turbo Edition you put on Turbo it was like so fast. Holy shit. It honestly was like you had to rethink how you played the game. You had to think so far ahead. It's crazy. A lot of fun, though. Uh, 2003, Kirby's Air Ride on GameCube in Japan. That is a fantastic racing game. If you haven't played that yet, you need to. 2003, Super Mario Advance 4, Super Mario Brothers 3 in Japan for Game Boy Advance was released. You know, Nintendo has been fucking their names up for so long. Even back then in 2003. Look at the name of that. This is Super Mario Advance 4. Okay, the fourth one in that series. And then Super Mario Brothers 3. God. What, what, what's wrong with you? What's wrong with you? What's wrong with you? I don't really have any words for that. I mean, it's just, it's so ridiculous. I remember even seeing the cart. If you go look at the name on the cart... The text is like fucking scrunched in there because they can't even fit it all on there. It's like, you know, pretty soon their name's going to be just a paragraph long. Ridiculous. Um, to see, 2018, Warhammer Vermintide 2 on Xbox One. And I put this in here because this was, you know, last year. But Warhammer Vermintide is a fantastic co-op game. Honestly, really enjoy the first one. Have not played the second one yet. Definitely still need to get that and give it a go. But uh, really, really like it. Still need to pick, a, pick that one up. July 12th, 1991, Castlevania 2, Battlemont's Revenge in Japan was released. We always sing that song. She left me on here to do a solo. That's cool. That's cool. I'll do a solo. <laughs> She's all, what? <laughs> and 2000, Virtua Tennis on Dreamcast. I put this in because, to be honest, my favorite tennis game is Mario Tennis on 64, but the Virtua series uh, that Sega did, incredible. Incredible. And even on the Dreamcast, man, that game is fantastic. If you haven't played that, 
Your roller should do yourself a favor. If you're a tennis fan, you definitely need to have it. In 2005, the original Flat Out on PS2, one of the greatest arcade racing games even to this day. If you're going to play a Flat Out game, oh my God, please skip three. Don't even go there. I'm saving you. Save yourself. Save everything. Go play Flat Out Ultimate Carnage. Go play that one. Or even just Flat Out 2. It's kind of the same game, but Ultimate Carnage is on um, 360. That's the one I played it on. It's also on PC. If you want the higher res textures and stuff, check it out. Very, very good. 2018. Last year on this day, Octopath Traveler on Switch came out. Holy shit. It's been a year already? It does not feel like a year, does it, Steph? It does not feel like a year. Octopath. You know, when I was over, when I was there with CJ, he's already complete. He beat the game. And he was doing all these side quests and shit. (laughs) Yeah, we don't even have it yet. (laughs) We're not going on our Octopath travel yet. We're getting there. The the no octo travel, the no octopath. Yeah, July thirteenth. Okay, my birthday. Yay! Happy birthday to me. <laughs> In nineteen ninety, ESWAT City Under Siege on Genesis was released. This, uh, the uh, ESWAT games originally was a uh, arcade game. Originally was an arcade game. Very hard arcade game, by the way. In 1991, Super R-Type on Super Nintendo in Japan was released. Oh, hey, Bob. How you doing, buddy? Bob's over here. He's just hanging out. He must knew it was my birthday. You want to come up? What are you doing, Bob? Maybe he'll come up. Hold on. You want to come up? What are you doing? Come on, Bob. Let me show you. Let me show you off to all the people in your long ass hair. Here, bud. No, he wants to go outside. Yeah. Come on, Bob. All right, I'll let him outside. Hold on. Let's go, bud. Hey, man. When you gotta go, you gotta go. Come on, bud. Let's go. Basically, uh, you know, you got to take a shit, you got to take a shit. But all he really wants to do is go out there, piss on something, and then bork, bork, bork with the neighbor dog. They have a great relationship. Basically, the neighbor dog does one loud bork and drives him up the wall, and then he goes ape shit. And then the other dog's like, listening, like, ha, 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 got him, got him, what an asshole. No, I'll switch the cam out. Maybe you can see him out. I should have just switched this cam. He was here. So, yeah. So, uh, where were we? Um, yeah, Super R-Type. Gotta watch for him when he wants to come back in. 2000, uh, 2000 Threads of Fate on PS1. That is a, uh, a very popular RPG. And uh, I believe it has some sort of... From what I've read now, I know a lot of people probably played it. I haven't played it, but it has some sort of platforming involved. And then uh, turn-based. So it's kind of a more like traditional style RPG, but also has some platforming elements. Sounds kind of fun. 2005 DDR Mario Mix on GameCube. Long story short, 
See, there he is. Hold on, let's look. Let's look. Can you see him out there? Here, let's go. Let's go get him together. All done. Okay. Bye, Bob. Just like that. Just like that. Um. Uh, yeah, the DDR Mario mix. So a long time ago, I uh, went to Bookman's with Gamester, and uh, this was in in the glass cabinet. There, it was really cool to. Uh, to see it and it was like 30 bucks or 25 bucks or something and john jumped on it it's like wow that's a really cool deal. it was all in box all together what a hell of a deal but it's basically ddr you know on console comes with the uh the dance pad and all that and it features exclusive uh, nintendo themed songs which is really cool so if you ever see that one pick that up it's pretty cool uh 2015 on July 14th, God of War. Oh, wait, where the fuck? Hold on. Oh, damn, it threw me all off. I switched days. Okay, forgive me. So July 13th, we did E-SWAT, Super R-Type. I, I messed up. So 20, 2013, on July 13th, we're still there, my birthday. Pikmin 3 on Wii U in Japan was released. And then last game on July 13th, 2018, last year, Captain Toad the Treasure Tracker on 3ds and switch you know stephanie my daddy taught me a game you want to know what the game is steph it's called switch you know what it is well the premise of the game is you take one finger you put it in your mouth you know where the other one goes in your dad's asshole <laughs> and then when i say go he switches <laughs> it's fucked up i don't know why you do that all the time stuff you gotta stop it <laughs> 2014 all right i fucked up the days 2014 1993 this is a wow this is a good day super mario all-stars on super nintendo in japan that's really again one of the greatest games they could have released on that console it has Super Mario Brothers 1, 2, 3. Some cases has Super Mario World. And then it has Super Mario Brothers 2, the original version in Japan, which is called The Lost Levels in the U.S. Because we got Doki Doki. And you know that whole story. Uh, 1998. Oh, dude. F-Zero X on N64 in Japan. Wow. What a game. Four players, 60 frames a second. Get fucking bent, mate. What's, what's, what's wrong with you? If you don't own that game, get out there and get it. All right, so here's where Threads of Fate comes in. Here's where DDR Mario Mix comes on. And then in 2015, God of War 3 Remastered on PS4 was released on this day in 2015. And then lastly, the power hit, the Grand Slam. Thank you, wham, bam, thank you, ma'am. 2011, Star Fox 64 3D on 3ds in japan was released i remember when that came out in the states i really wanted to play it. in fact i wanted to buy a 3ds so bad just to even play that because Star Fox 64 is the shit that's my jam baby winner that is this week in gaming history what's wrong with you what's wrong with you all right coming up we got some gaming news to talk about. Some stuff that's happening this week. You want to know? I feel like I need to have a segment. Not that I want to give any fucking respect to these assholes. 
But I almost feel like I need a segment now because it's happening so much. Cheater of the week. You pathetic sacks of shit. Cheater of the week. Streamer Gizoria playing CSGO used a hack that caused weapons on the ground and the bomb to glow with a colored outline indicating where that they are in the world. Oh, great. And evidently, this isn't the first time this asshole's been cheating. There have been videos showing him using powerful hacks in CSGO to allow him to see enemy outlines, health, other information through walls. Basically, from what I understand, um, now it may be specific to... The only one I know about, honestly, is it's called Chams. And we always... It's a joke. It's a running joke now that we have when we all play online. They're like, turn off your Chams, Jason, because I was accused of hacking. I've been accused of hacking in so many games, to be honest, or cheating in games. Um, and I was accused of using Chams in a game called Crossfire a long time ago. And I never even heard of... I didn't even know what Chams was. And so we were just laughing, making joke of it. Like, oh, Chamin, Chamin, Chamin. We have no idea. It may be a hack. It may not be. I don't even know. But I was accused of using that, so we joke about it. But that's what this sounds like to me. Um... So, you know, it's bullshit. You know, people out here cheating. What the fuck, man? Get a life. Get a fucking life. Twitch specifically states in their guidelines that you have to play the games according to the game's rules. All right? They have said that. And uh, there's so many people that cheat that it's tough, you know, to police that. There's probably thousands that you see out there because people can't ever work for anything anymore and get good at anything anymore. Not sure why. It feels great. It feels great to be good at something. Really does. Uh, only a few of us may know that. Hopefully, they ban his account. Uh, speaking of Twitch, the sub-only streams. Now they announced this not too long ago, where you can do streams that are for your subs only, so you can choose to do that. Um, there's been some drama with that, though. Let's talk a little bit about that. So, Twitch's new feature allows streamers to choose and go live to only their subscribers, the people who. Uh, pay to subscribe to the channel um, but with some game companies some developers it's actually an infringement in the terms of service all right so you have to be careful with this you have to read about the you know the the rights and wrongs the do's and don'ts depending on the game that you're streaming and it's probably gonna be a big fat pain in the ass to dig through the the user agreement of your game sure because they hide it they don't make it really readily available but all games have these, so you have to look at that. Um, Riot Games, Blizzard, Steam, and several other game companies have uh, this word infringes on that. Um, so if streamers go live exclusively to subscribers while playing Overwatch, League of Legends, CSGO, and other games, uh, they'll be liable for having their accounts punished because you're not supposed to do that according to their terms of service. Uh, Riot's legal page. So this is kind of like, sort of, in fact, PSA for people who are starting to do this. I think this is. I think this is actually great that that Twitch is offering sub-only streams. I'll talk about that after I get done with this too. But also, I think it's good for us all to know about this so we don't get in trouble with it either. I'm telling you, man, they're cracking down on a lot of stuff. They're having very strict rules with stuff. So it's kind of like almost you have to keep up with this. You kind of really have to be in the know. Um, um, Riot's legal page, so Riot Games, the company says that anyone is allowed to do gameplay streaming of their games and accept donations, quote, so as so long as non-subscribers can still watch the games concurrently. Valve states, you can't charge users to view or access your videos. While Blizzard writes, the videos 
and creators can't force a viewer to pay a fee to be able to view our productions. So you have to be really careful about that. And honestly, I can, I honestly, I can see myself making that mistake. Like just doing it one night, like, Hey, I'm going to do it's a fun, like uh, sub only stream to reward my subscribers that I appreciate and have it be like fucked up. you know, like, you, you stream the wrong game. What if we have a 24 hour stream and we're playing and we just are cycling through games. You know, you have to be really careful. See, it gets real tricky, real tricky. So you gotta be careful there. Um, putting gameplay content behind a paywall is using another company's intellectual property for a direct profit, which is an illegal use of a brand. That's what they say. And that's what it is. So um, basically what it comes down to is you have to either research your game, make sure that you can still do that if you're gonna do a sub only stream. And if not, um, you either don't stream it or you just do something else like this, for instance, like when I start, when I start rolling into doing these live on Twitch, um, in other places, you can use IRL or just chatting or the podcast section or whatever, whatever content you're releasing can go under those categories and then you can sure do it honestly. So I made notes of this because they used to have a feature a long time ago in the Justin TV days, they used to have a feature where you could do private streams where you can just basically password protect it and only give passwords to certain people uh, or email addresses and they can tune in. But of course that turned very quickly over to fucking porno and you know, people doing sex cams and all that sort of thing. That, that pretty much ruined it uh, for Justin TV. So they got rid of that completely. Uh, and it's understandable. I mean, hello. I mean, Nintendo gave everyone swap note on DS and what's the first thing that people do with it? Well, they take pictures of their dick. I mean, that's just what the world does, you know? Take pictures of your titties, take pictures of your dick, send that over. It's ridiculous. That, that's that's why I'm banned from Swapnote. <laughs> I just kept sending dick pics to Steph, and she said, Jason, they're unsolicited. I don't want them. <laughs> and then uh, I got an email from Miyamoto. I don't know what to do. No, I'm just kidding. But it was a problem, and that has always been a problem. That's why that shut down. That's why Swapnote is shut down. And uh, that's why this, this is good, because it actually... The private stream has to be for people that are actually paying to subscribe. And it costs five bucks to subscribe to a channel. And, uh, you know, half of that goes to the streamer, half of that goes to Amazon. Uh, I say Amazon because they own Twitch. Uh, it goes to Twitch and Amazon. But um, I think this is good. I, I look at it as uh, this is the, in my, in my theory, it's the above and beyond approach, okay? I've always been a firm believer in giving people who go above and beyond for me, people who give hard-earned money to me, who pledge uh, like on Patreon or subscribe on Twitch or or tip when I'm, you know, streaming or or, or any anything like that. If, if you go above and beyond and actually give your hard-earned money, pledge it saying, I, I, like, I like what you're doing. I appreciate what you're doing. Here, let me show that. Let me help you continue this content that I'm enjoying. I, I feel like you should have some sort of perks and benefits. I mean, that's why I do shit like this. That's why I'm giving away CDs. That's why if you join the party pack here, I give you my entire music catalog for free forever. Like it's a small price to pay, you know? So, and it also helps me greatly. It really, really helps me greatly. So I've all, I'm a firm believer in that. So I like this feature. I think I can see myself doing this podcast um, maybe once or twice a month or something, or or even just doing it on Twitch um, live to subs first 
and then releasing it a day later or two days later or something like giving you early access so i have all these ideas going on i think it's great i think you should be rewarded if you go above and beyond for supporting the streamers and the content creators you love this isn't fucking rocket science i think it's great if you support people you should you should be rewarded for that at least with a thank you you know my goodness fuck i watch people give shroud and and dr disrespect and i just see his flood of money coming in of, of stuff and he doesn't even recognize people. They don't even t- he doesn't even talk to people. People like tipping five bucks, ten bucks, twenty bucks, hundred bucks, just tipping, tipping, and then he's just sitting there playing his game. And so much comes through. He doesn't even like acknowledge people anymore. It blows me away. It's like, wouldn't you? Wouldn't you rather like? I guess not. I guess you don't really care. A lot of people don't care. I would care. Like I would want to connect with somebody, but I'm old school, right? I I kind of like that. I'd rather connect with someone and have some sort of even if it's an online relationship or friendship, like gaming or doing something, I'd want to be acknowledged. Be like, hey, you know, thanks for that. I appreciate that. You know, boom, got you. I got you. So anyway, so this is happening with Twitch. Some cool stuff there. Um, Tetris 99 and Splatoon has an event coming up. The event will be taking place from July 12th at 12 a.m. Pacific until July 15th at midnight pacific it's when it ends players who earn 100 points over the course of the weekend will unlock a bonus prize a splatoon in-game theme very cool now if you took part in last month's event excuse me if you took place in last month's event it was the original game boy skin and blocks and sound honestly the themes are amazing on tetris 99 they are done so very well, and you really should take part and jump in there and do that. So get your ass in there. Uh, refunds on Shenmue 3. Yes, we have some Shenmue 3 uh, drama that's happening. Um, <laughs> this is kind of a long-winded story. I'm not going to get into the whole thing. But last month, the makers of Shenmue 3 announced that the game will be, it will be released exclusively on the Epic Store for PC. That is a very hot topic right now. And I'm not talking about the store in the mall. When Shenmue 3 first launched, it was a Kickstarter game, right? And everyone backed it. It got tons of money. It got funded. This was a huge, huge Kickstarter. And it was believed and said that it would be on Steam, right? Ah, my goodness. Well, what happened was the tables turned. Because on Epic Store, they're offering a deeper uh, pay cut, or not a pay cut, but a, a, um, more. They're offering more to the developer in returns for sales through Epic as, as opposed to Steam. Now, Steam is usually like 30%, roughly, and uh, Epic is giving, like, you know, hey, taking only 12%. So that's a huge, huge chunk of money going back to the developer. So now you see why that developers are going with Epic Store because they're getting more money back on their product and it makes the most sense. But it pisses everyone off and everyone's frustrated because it's exclusivity. They don't like that. But this is really fascinating what's happening here. So what's going on is that Epic, Epic is going to be issuing refunds, full refunds to anyone who wants one who backed the Kickstarter so that the money that the developers made in the Kickstarter is still going to be there. It will not affect that pool. So they can continue to 
uh, develop and have the funds to continue in the studio, right? That makes sense. Um, that's a pretty bold move for Epic to step in and actually take care of that cost, front the bill to those refunds. Which I'm sure there will be a lot of them, but I kind of feel like they'll make it back up because people are going to be really wanting to play it. But they'll just hop on the PS4 and play. You know, maybe they'll just say fuck it and go. I don't, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see how it all plays out. Um, you'll never see Steam doing shit like that, like giving back, <laughs> taking care of the bill. Hell no. You can see Epic Games is really wanting to get their catalog and their store ahead. And they have to be doing shit like this. They have to take bold and aggressive moves like this. They really need to. A lot of people don't like it. Never heard of a salty controller? No, you've heard of a salty gamer. Talking about salty controllers. A fellow by the name of Eric Heckman, uh, YouTube channel, insert controller here, has created a controller that lets you pour salt and rage quit a game. It's a real thing. The controller is a cup of water hooked up to a, what is it? Arduni, Ardunio? Ardunio? Something like that. If you're playing Smash Bros, Overwatch, League of Legends, or any other game, you pour salt into the cup and it automatically cues up the series of commands necessary to quit the above games. So basically it just, and it basically activates a, um, like a shortcut or a, um, oh fuck, what's the term I'm thinking of? Um, a sequence of hotkey presses, basically. When the player pours salt into the water in the cup, the attached open source electronics platform um, software and hardware, it's a microcontroller in the cup, it detects the change in electrical current and inputs commands into the PC or console. Depending on which game you're playing, it will, it will change up the sequence, right? Like if it's Overwatch, like escape, quit, let it, you know, depending on which, what it is. And uh, Eric also shows how he makes controllers out of various items, including a can of spam and a Nerf blaster. I actually have a, a screenshot here of the controller. So we see him, he's playing Overwatch here. And if you pour salt into the cup, there it is. It uh, sends the signal, the current changes, sends the signal down the line and um, quits your game. I, I, don't, I don't know. Hey, you know what? There's smart people out there, a lot smarter than me. And I think that's pretty fantastic. But let's not teach these kids how to rage quit any more than they already do. Stop it. Get some help. Stop it. Get some help. Speaking of Overwatch, though, there's an Overwatch cookbook. Yes, it's a real thing. And my first question was, is it like officially licensed? Yes, it is. It's a cookbook coming out based on Overwatch. Never thought I would say that, but it's an official cookbook, of course. They give a little sneak peek of one of the recipes here. Soldier 76 milkshake. Ah, just in time for summer. Stay frosty. It will be available in October. It's called the 76. Here's a screenshot of it. Hmm. Looks pretty tasty. Yeah, look at that. All the ingredients, how to make it. All the props. Looks like it's put in a uh, jar, a big glass jar. Trick or treat. Stay frosty. Looks pretty nice. I would like a milkshake. Hey, a new Easter egg was found in Half-Life. Can you believe it? What? 
many, many years later, Half-Life Decay, which this is a learning experience because I'm a huge Half-Life fan, have been for many, many years since it came out. I never heard about this game. It's called Half-Life Decay. I guess it was a um, PS2 exclusive co-op mode. Uh, it was de- it was developed by Gearbox, but I never had it. I don't own. Does any, any of you own it? Have any of you played it? Fuck, this would be amazing to play. It was included as a bonus mode in the PS2 port of Half-Life, so got to check that out. I don't even know that I own Half-Life 1 on the PS2. I own the second one. I remember I have that. Ah, the Alex Vance. Gordon Freeman. The Freeman. Um, using split screen, two players control the scientists as they explore and survive Black Mesa during the events of Half-Life. It's pretty fantastic. Um, the PS2 mode only has since been ported to PC, but this particular Easter egg is only found in the PS2 version. Folks, dig through your games. If you have this, let's see if it works. Let's do it. It involves the body of a dead security guard that is found floating in the pool of the, here we go, fifth mission of Half-Life Decay. Body is actually can be destroyed using weapons, but it will take some time. The body has over 3,000 health, making it tougher than usual. And uh, making it actually even more powerful than the final boss in Half-Life, if you can believe it. It takes 600, I repeat, 600 hits with a crowbar. But also can be done faster if you have a gun or explosives. Once the body is destroyed, you will be rewarded with snarks. These are small aliens which can be used as a weapon. You toss them at enemies and they will attack them for a few moments, and then they explode. That's fucking awesome. You throw an alien, it attacks them, sticks onto them, and explodes. Round of applause for the Easter egg found like 20 years later. How about it? And that's, you know, that's the most beautiful thing in gaming, is when I hear stuff like this. I hear that an Easter, a new Easter egg was found. A new, a new glitch was found. You know, some new type of um, uh, procedure to do a level, or some new quicker way on the sp- the speedrunners. I mean, the speedrunners are fucking breaking games left and right. It's so cool to watch. Amazing to watch. So cool. There is a uh, moving on. There's a photographer that captures the inside of consoles and then makes prints of them. This is. Very, very cool. And we wanted to give him a plug. This is really cool. Richard Perry, photographer in New Zealand, takes apart old video game consoles to document all of their internal components and then turns them into photographs. It's pretty amazing. He then arranges each piece on a sheet of see-through acrylic, holds them in place with glue, and creates and stacks them, as you see in the finished piece. I'll show you here in just a moment. You can purchase these prints at his store at Society6, that's S-O-C-I-E-T-Y, the number 6, dot com slash Richard Perry, P-A-R-R-Y. Canvas prints come in various sizes, range from about 30 bucks all the way up to about 74 U.S. dollars. You can also get a poster version, which is about 15 bucks. How about that? Let's go ahead and show us off some of these here. I got a few of the uh, pictures here. Boom, pop them up. Look at this. Here's the Wii, obviously. Very cool. I like that a lot. I would love to have that as a poster on my wall. Got the, we're looking at the Wii. Here's the PlayStation 1. 
All the internals. Very nice. Looks so cool. You know, it's it's actually this is um here's the Game Boy color. Very nice. I love that. Love the uh kind of yellowish orange background too. Um this is fascinating because if you've ever seen a very detailed schematic to a piece of electronic gear, some high-end gear have schematics like this that not only show like the wiring diagram and the circuitry, but also show this in kind of layers of how they're assembled and the, the way that they're assembled, like where the screws go through and all that. So this kind of resembles that a little bit. And I like that way, way cool. So how about that? How about that? Buy me a poster. How about that? Very cool. All right, so that was uh, some gaming news. Hey, before we move on to tech news, I'm going to take a moment, just a pause for the cause to talk about the last uh, musical project that I've been working on. Uh, before we hop into all that tech news stuff, I'd like to showcase it's the latest music project from a band that I had the pleasure of producing from uh, my homie John, Mr. Chaunch. Uh, incredible bass player, incredible singer. He's I've been working with him for years. We're very, very close musically. Um, and he's just uh, an incredible talent and something that, uh, he has a band and something that they want to do was put an album together, a whole album of, uh, seven, eight songs. And so called me up and says, Hey, uh, you know, you want to produce a record? And I said, yeah, absolutely. And so jumped in, started about planning it in December, 2018. Uh, and then we recorded it. We sat down from January, February, 2019 to record everything. Everything was done right here in house at the Heine house. And the guys came out. We had a really, really fantastic time. And the record came out amazing. Uh, they're so excited. They already released it on July 2nd. It's out there on Bandcamp. It's a three-piece band. The incredible Ricky on guitar, James on drums, and, of course, the homie John on bass and of vocals. Um, John has played lots of stuff on my own personal stuff, even back, uh, back in 2012 on the Nothing's Forever album right here. Right there, he's played bass on a lot of that stuff that's on there. So he's super, super talented, and even on more modern stuff that uh, I have coming out real soon. So yeah, I executive produced the whole album's coming out. Uh, right now, you can pick it up. Thecolorblush.com is the website. We're going to listen to a song. How about that? Let's jump right into it and hear a song. This is the title track off the album called If You Feel Sick.
There we go. How about that? The color blush in the house represent the homie Chanch. John. Not a nice sound. Yeah, they're a three-piece. So it was a lot of fun. I had, I had a lot of opportunities to do some creative mixing techniques and a lot of fun stuff right there. And it's fun working with a three-piece that is very, very heavy. Uh, so yeah, it was great. You know, distorted bass. You know, bass is almost the primary a front runner instrument in this band and so it was a lot of fun to mix and have fun there too so yeah check them out um thecolorblush.com it's available right now drm free on their site so please check it out they're on Bandcamp, and uh really appreciate the opportunity to work with you and that goes out hey honestly like this is kind of like a a psa for anyone out there with bands uh, if you want to work with me you can hire me i am absolutely in business to do audio for you and with you i can produce i can arrange i can help i can mix you know i can mix your band i can master your music i can do voiceover stuff i offer pretty much any and everything you can want in audio form for you so if you're looking at doing something you want to you want to have a little you know spice up your sound do a little final touch on something maybe it's a one-off project something personal something with your band hit me up you know i'll, I'll work with you you know i I don't do shit for free. I can't, but I definitely am, uh, you know, I'll work with you. I'm affordable and I do a fantastic job. Okay. That works. So the color blush, fantastic stuff right there. And uh, actually, while we're, before we move on to tech news, I want to talk about just real quickly, all this Tetris stuff going on. Well, we have Tetris 
their 35th anniversary happened. And uh, it's happened this year, of course. And one thing that I was asked to be a part of was a 35th anniversary video on YouTube from um, uh, Arcade USA is the YouTube channel. It's my good friend, Will. Willie, good to see you. Good to have you. Thank you so much for letting me be a part of it. Um, but it's right here. Just a little picture of it. If you type in the Tetris anniversary 30th, you'll, uh, you'll see it here. I'll just click on the video real quick. Pull it up. There it is. And basically, it's gonna, I think it's gonna play. Yeah, or not. <laughs> Yay or nay. No, it won't. Okay, that's fine. But uh, yeah, the, uh, the video there, you can check it out. It's basically a memories video. We talk about uh, our Tetris memories, and I talk about the arcade that I got for 50 bucks in 2009 living in Colorado. And that's my memory with uh, some, some Tetris stuff. Probably the coolest Tetris memory I have. So go check it out. Arcade USA, give them a sub, give them some some love over there. Good stuff. Okay, let's move right along. We have some tech stuff to talk about before we uh, move right along into the Discord event and put a pretty little bow on it, call it a day. So tech news, hey, Amazon has confirmed, and I think we all kind of knew this anyway, possibly. Uh, we kind of knew that. But Amazon does keep your recordings forever unless you specifically go in and delete them out of there. And I don't know. I mean, we all kind of knew that, but now we have official words. So they've confirmed, hangs on to every conversation you've ever had with an Alexa-enabled device, or unless you specifically go in and delete them, which we talked about this in a previous episode. There are ways for you to go into your settings and delete your recordings out of your account. It's in there. And you can also Google a search it and find the correct procedure to do that as well. Um, yeah, they keep your data as long as you want it. Uh, so just be aware of that. Just be careful. I actually would love to hear what in the hell I'm yelling at my Google A. I, you know, you can go into your account. I forget the web address. I think it's accounts.google or something.com. I'm not sure. It's something like that. But you can go into your account, and if it's linked up to your smart device, you can go listen to everything you've said to it. And it's really, really funny because you'll hear, like, I'll be asking it something, and then someone else is, like, yelling something else across the room, and it's so funny. So good. Can't even imagine what they hear over there in the office. Um, just be careful, right, because it will, it will always remember, and they'll keep that of when you asked it to order the butt plug and the flashlight. Just be careful, all right? It's in there. <laughs> in more ways than one. Brr. Apple is ditching the butterfly keyboards. Yeah, here's some news. Apple is getting rid of the butterfly keyboards that they introduced in the 2015 MacBooks. They are moving on and going to be using a new scissor switch design, which will use glass fiber to reinforce its keys. This has been a huge topic in the MacBook and MacBook Air and MacBook Pro world, everyone pretty much hates their keyboards, and the design has not been very good. And a lot of people have busted keys, keys that just don't function, and just all out failing. And so it's been a, a huge issue. Despite tweaking the design, Apple has said its butterfly keyboards um, were, uh, you know, not, they didn't really work right. <laughs> yeah, we know. Apple has struggled to overcome this problem, um, which we can obviously see. 
and they've pretty much just said, okay, fine, we're going to do it. We're going to redesign it. This is great. Um, you know it's a problem when their site actually has a, I put this in quotes, keyboard service program. They have a fucking program that they offer for nothing but keyboard repairs on these, specifically these MacBooks that use that keyboard only. Go to their site, look it up, search Apple keyboard service program, it will pop up and it has a list of MacBooks, MacBook Pros and MacBook Airs of certain years that qualify for this, insane. Hey, but you know what? On the flip side, I can't talk too much shit because they are addressing it. You have to give credit where credit is due. So they're addressing it and saying, okay, we have a problem here. I know the design is kind of fucked up. They're not working. We have a lot of issues. Here's a program in place designed to specifically help you. And hopefully they don't charge you too much, but they, they I don't know what the price is, but at least they're offering something for people who have those MacBooks. They shouldn't have even had it in the first place, but at least they're addressing it. Asus back on the map. They have a dual monitor laptop. I have a picture of it here. I'm going to pop open and show you. Look at this dual monitor laptop which in a way at first i'm like what the fuck you talking about i mean i got my ds boy i got a larger ds boy um think about it look at your laptop go look at your laptop right now look at all that wasted real estate up there or below there i got this old macbook it has all this empty real estate yeah it makes sense i mean there you go Take it and put part of a screen in there. I think that's actually kind of cool. Looks nice. It's basically the bottom portion, for people who can't see it, the bottom portion of the laptop, it's almost cut in half. And the bottom half of it on the bottom is just the keyboard and the touchpad on the right. And the top other half is a screen, widescreen. Launching a new dual screen laptop called the ZenBook Pro Dual, which is has a second 14-inch display built into the keyboard deck. Oh, it's touchscreen, too. That's nice. Secondary screen can be used for multitasking or just extending your laptop's display. Can run apps separately from the primary, uh, from the primary display or an extension of the main one. This is very cool. Weighs 5.5 pounds, making it heavier than the 4-pound 15-inch MacBook Pro and the 4.5-pound Dell XPS 15. They have not yet... Not yet announced availability or pricing. Well, of course it's going to be heavier. It has a fucking second monitor in the bottom of it. <laughs> but we're talking we're talking a pound, you know. That's actually quite a bit in the laptop world. But still, the price you pay to have... Dude, 10 years ago, we had fucking 20-pound laptops. So, fuck off. Everything's good. Everything's good. Everything's good in the hood. Speaking of Asus, they want your old graphics cards back. Yes, what is this? What? Wait, who? What? 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 Bruh. Asus is going to let PC gamers in the UK only, so all of our UK friends, listen up. A trade-up graphics card program. This is something they've announced. Customers can take their old gear and swap them for some of the newer graphics cards out there and makes it a little bit more affordable. They get a little something back for their old card. If they're not going to use it, then what's... Fucking get rid of it. It's great. I think this is a great thing. Asus will allow customers to trade in any NVIDIA GeForce graphics card beginning with the GTX 650. That's an old card. Up to, and up to current. The cards can be submitted 
and are divided into quality tiers good better and best based on the card's chipset and performance branding doesn't matter if you trade in a higher tier card of course guess what you're going to get a little bit more on your trade-in so you first to do this first you need to purchase a qualifying product from asus between july 1st and august 31st okay so there's a few months here to do this um you just need to complete the online form within 30 days of your purchase you'll be prompted to mail in your old graphics card within 45 days of your claim approval and your reward balance will be sent via bank transfer within 30 days after asus validates your trade-in remember folks you can't send them a busted ass card it has to be functional has to be working the fan works all the parts work all the ports work everything's working fully functional they won't take your garbage and give you money for it unfortunately <laughs> uh the cash you receive on the cards can be uh you know it can it can vary of course widely vary however with a gtx 1080 ti netting around 350 bucks in the best tier and a gtx 750 ti rated as good might get you around 50 or so bucks it might be a might be a worthwhile thing to check out pretty cool hopefully they bring that option to other countries because i think they'd have a big success doing that pretty nice it's the first time we've ever seen a uh, trade-in program i think i can't recall of any and what do you do with graphics cards they just sit on the wall you know look all crazy <laughs> displays real displays display of a display card Ooh, you like that no okay Ladies and gentlemen, that is the end of tech news. It is time for the community Discord events. Yes, 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 yes. Every week I come up with a different hashtag and I, I let everyone know what it is. And you guys can get creative and think of a fun picture or sometimes memory, but usually a picture of that hashtag and post it in our Discord. And it's something for all of us to look at and talk about and look at. And then I come on here every week and share them and show off all the cool pictures that you've posted. It's a lot of fun and a cool thing to do. So because it was a 4th of July week, the hashtag for last week was hashtag fireworks. And you guys got very creative. I was curious to how creative you'd get with this, showcasing fireworks in video games. You guys' minds went all over the place and I love it. Even some that I totally forgot about that are so fucking obvious. I was like, oh yes, of course. What is the deal? So how you take part, all you got to do is go to my website, heinyhouse.com, scroll to the very top of the page, and there's a Discord icon up here. You can click that, and it will launch the Discord server. You can join in. Works on your tablet, works on your smartphone, works on your computer, your Chromebook, anything. It works on all. It has an app. You should download the app. It's great. So come join in, and make sure to join the podcast chat. Let's go ahead and pop it up here. I've got uh, I've got it up here. Boom. Look at that. Podcast chat. See the Heine house right there? Podcast chat on the left. And you can come in and take part. Let's go ahead and scroll back up here to the top. Let's get all this fun stuff that was there. Okay. So originally, here's where we started. So I was talking about last week about Donkey Kong Country 2. This is the level I was talking about where they have all these great fireworks going off in the background. I think it adds so much to the level. Adds a lot of excitement. Plus, it's beautiful. I really love it. So just to show you guys, that's the level I was talking about. Um, and the homie Luke, he talked about, hey, fireworks. 
Super Mario Bros. Duh. When you finish a level, depending on the time that it ends, it will depend on the fireworks that go off. Oh, freaking mind blown right here, Luke. My man coming through with the clutch. I totally forgot about that. How can I forget about the most epic fireworks show ever? Most original fireworks show ever, right? How about that? Thank you for that. Domi Vaughn coming in. Got a, I call it a GIF. All right. I know it's supposed to be GIF. I've been calling it a GIF for so many years. So you know what I mean? I'm calling it a GIF. Fuck it. Homie Vaughn, what do you got here? Oh, duh. Mario World, of course. When you save the princess, what happens? You get a nice fireworks show. Nothing, nothing better than a good 16 bit fireworks show. Right? Am I right? So nice. Great, great picture right there, Vaughn. Thank you. Thank you. The homie Nargrill. Narkill, George. Oh my gosh. Fantavision. How can I forget? How can we forget Fantavision? Duh. Now that is probably the most epic fireworks show in a game. <laughs> Look at it. I love it. It's so good. See? It's another one. Totally forgot about. Totally forgot about. So good. And a friend Maverick here coming through. Only fireworks that he remembers was Grand Theft Auto. The fireworks that you can purchase in the stores. That's right. Forgot about that as well. I mean, for me, I would take a rocket launcher and uh, shoot it into the sky. It was kind of like a fireworks show, right? <laughs> kind of. And then Casco. What up, homie? DJ here with a picture. Is this fan of, is this fan of vision too? I think it's also fan of vision. I don't remember. Is that one DJ? I don't know. It's a cool picture there. Drax posted a, uh, aquarium pieces. You can build your own super Mario level. Look at that. Pretty cool. Hey man, if the fish is like retro games too. The homie Jinko coming through. What's up? Good to see you. Nice post here. He's got two games he wants to post here. One being Let's Tap for Wii. Oh, I don't know if I've even played that. Look at that. That is a pretty nice fireworks show, to be honest. Other fireworks show he wants to post is uh, Let's uh, Go Vacation on Wii. And on it's on Switch, too. Features fireworks in the background where you can visit the villa or city or snow resort at night. They can be seen going off in the background. He posted a screenshot of it. Yes, there they are. Fireworks show. Wow. Go vacation. And tap. Let's tap. I've never even heard of that game, dude. I'm going to have to look that up. That looks pretty good. I'm always down for a good fireworks show. And you had me at Wii. <laughs> You had me at my Wii. And the lovely Stephanie. Of course. How can we forget? How can we forget the fireworks show on the 4th of July on Animal Droppings? Totally forgot about that. That was so fun. We used to sit there and just actually on the 4th, we would log in and just go and watch the fireworks show in town. Can I just say, I am so so excited for animal droppings on switch so excited we're learning more and more about it the online the local co-op online stuff oh our whole family going to be living in the same town we're going to be visiting each other it's going to be amazing i cannot wait for that very very excited 
amazing submissions everyone you guys are awesome this is great a lot of reminders i'm still blown away about that freaking mario brothers level duh duh see this is why we do it hey the hashtag though for this week so we're talking about uh you know talking about some food always comes back to food of that you know that cookbook bunch of uh kfc and taco bell items thinking about it let's get creative hashtag gamer grub yes gamer grub i'm interested to see where you go with this maybe it's a picture of some of your favorite foods maybe it's a, a picture of your favorite in-game food oh in-game foods how about that steph and i were thinking about this and we came up with this because we were playing um, Dead Island. And in Dead Island, if you've played that, you know that you take a candy bar and you like crunch it, you eat it to get your health back. And you could hear the crunch of the candy and then him chewing it. And every time we play, I want a fucking Kit Kat or a chocolate bar or something. I just like hearing that, watching him eat it and hearing the sound, I literally cannot play that game without having candy now. Straight up. And even drinking the soda, like the energy drinks, you can hear like the fizz and, and, and gulping it down. Like, uh, the sound design on that fucking is superb. Superb. Great job. So, Gamer Grub, what are you going to post? What's your favorite, uh, what's your favorite uh, food? I was just thinking about Mario World. Remember when Yoshi would eat the apples? And sometimes he would shit out a one-up. <laughs> You'd just be like, okay, I'm stove up, shitting out a one-up. Do-do-do-do. Good to go. There's one. How about Ms. Pac-Man? Oh, I, I don't want to spoil them all. Ms. Pac-Man with all the food that hops around. The pretzel and the apple and the orange. Ooh, I may post some pictures of that. See, I'm already going. There's a lot of food, I think. Let's get creative. Let's get creative. Think about it. Go into Discord. Put in the hashtag GamerGrub. Post a picture and give us a description. And next week, I will show them and read them off on the podcast and of course folks if you want to have audio questions i don't have any this week but if you want to ask me anything i would love to answer i'd love to have a conversation with you record yourself on your smartphone or your computer or whatever have you and send it on over to heinehouselive at gmail.com just email it to me and i'll get it on the show i love chatting with you guys love talking uh and with all that i think that wraps up our episode 17 of Heine House live this has been great an hour 40 look at that right on cue you guys are amazing thank you so much for spending your time with me here on the show i hope you have a fantastic second week in july much love catch you next week bye now that's all for this episode of heine house live thank you all so much for being here this podcast is directly supported and funded by your generous pledges given on patreon you know and if you're sitting there like hey you know thanks jay I appreciate that. You know, I had a good time. You know, this was a good date. We had a, we had a nice, nice sesh here. Maybe he had a little giggle. You know, maybe he had a little tickle. You know, if you felt a little something-something, had a good laugh, cracked a little smile, you know, swing on by Patreon. Just come on in. You don't even need reservations. It's, it's always open for you, ready to go. Just come on by. Got a bunch of exclusive content, music, all kinds of stuff there for you. And of course, how about social media? If you're on the interwebs, maybe you're on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, you can find me at handle at 
tiny house. And lastly, of course, audio questions. Please get those going. Get on the horn. You know, get on the the bullhorn. Maybe you want to get on the string and cup. And maybe you got a talk boy. Maybe you want to submit that to me via talk boy. That would be fantastic. Bust out the cassettes. Submit those audio questions via email. HeineHouseLive at gmail.com. And of course, the real-time community chat can be found in our Discord server where the party never ends. It continues all night long. HeineHouse.com. See y'all in the next one. Bye now. Bye now.